This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Bailey Dowling about her ceremony in Italy at Epcot with a reception at California Grill and a dessert party at UK Lockside. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Bailey. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. <laughs> I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. So I grew up in Central Florida, and Disney was a huge part of my childhood. And I always thought that I wanted to get married at Disney. Uh, you know, you go through life's changes, and you think, oh, I'll get married here or there. And I just always came back to Disney. And he was a very supportive fiance at the time. And whatever was going to make me happy, he was all for it. Oh, that's wonderful. So then how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? So my parents are annual pass holders. They are huge Disney fans. They were ecstatic. It was probably a dream come true for them, even more so than for me, that I chose. They live close by and to have Disney just take care of everything they loved. My friends, we live in D.C. now, and so most of the friends that we invited to the wedding live in D.C. Most of them either hadn't been to Disney or hadn't been in 10, 15, 20 years, so they were all excited, but a little like, are you sure you want to do Disney? But we wanted to give our guests like the best experience ever, and everyone just kind of jumped in and saw our vision and participated wonderfully. So it was, it was very good. <laughs> That's wonderful. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So because of the sites that we selected with Italy and with UK Blockside for the dessert party, we knew that they were limited to 50. I think we ended up only having about 45 or 46 people. And by the time the wedding came around. We had a few people with life events. And because of COVID, we ended up only having about 37 guests total. Okay, got it. Did you set up a room block for your guests? No. So we went through a travel agent. We went through Autumn Barnes. We were thinking originally about going through the room block, but Disney told me that I could not have a room block at Coronado Springs, which is where I had my heart set on. I'm not entirely sure why they said if there was no availability or 
for how many days or the room numbers, but Autumn was able to book everyone in the Grandestino Tower. We were able to get one bedroom suites for myself and my fiance. So it, it worked out well. Oh, that's great. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? My entire wedding day was focused on fireworks, having fireworks, having those firework photos. So because of the time of year, it was a holiday weekend. I wanted to maximize our guest time at Disney and be cognizant of their travel time. So I did pick October 7th because of the holiday on October 11th. Because of the Food and Wine Festival, you can't have a firework dessert party at Epcot on Fridays and Saturdays. And then the California Grill always has their big brunch on Sundays. So we had to do nine o'clock on a Thursday morning. Got it. Okay. And how did you choose your ceremony and reception menus? So I actually looked at your site quite a bit. (laughs) And I looked (laughs) at a ton of pictures. I read reviews. I listened to your previous podcast. And I always knew I wanted an in theme park ceremony site. I just felt like if I was going to bring all of my guests down to Disney, I didn't want a reception in a ballroom that could be anywhere. And I wouldn't want it someplace that just didn't feel uniquely Disney. So I was in between the Tree of Life and Italy or the UK area by the gazebo. But the Tree of Life would be either 6am or maybe midnight. And I couldn't see starting my day off at either of those points. And we went to Epcot, we took a trip with my fiance and uh, my fiance at the time and my parents and his parents. And as soon as we hit the Isola and saw the bridge, I just knew that that was the spot that we were going to get married. Oh, that's wonderful. And then for the reception, the California Girl was not my, it wasn't the spot that just jumped out at me originally. However, the floor to ceiling windows, that fact that we would have the entire restaurant to ourselves, especially during COVID times. It just felt really special to have the entire restaurant and their food is excellent. And it's very well known venue on property. So it, it just worked out. That's great. And how did you choose UK Lockside for your dessert party? So again, looked at your pictures and your website quite a bit. And because of the amount of people we had, we were assigned UK Lockside. It was the one that I did want. I'm not sure how I would have handled it if we were given something else. And then it kind of got rough there of even trying to figure out if we were going to have fireworks for our dessert party with the COVID protocols, but it ended up working out beautifully and we got our fireworks shots. (laughs) Speaking of fireworks shots, did you use any outside vendors for your event? Yes. So we went with Root Photography. Shout out to Nate and Jensi for photography. And then we used Timeless Productions for our videography with Brad Mazzari. And they did a wonderful job. It was really great because Brad had not at that point shot a Disney wedding previously. And then Nate and Jensi obviously have done dozens, if not hundreds of Disney weddings. So it was great to see them working together and trying to get the best shots throughout the entire day. That's wonderful. So I also used Lejeune Artistry, uh, Maggie and Knott for my hair and makeup. They actually came Wednesday night before my wedding and did my hair and makeup 
for a welcome event that we were having inside of my future in-laws, my current in-laws suite at Coronado Springs. And then they came the next morning and did my hair and makeup for me, my mom, and my maid of honor. And then all came back in the afternoon in between the reception and the dessert party to do a touch up. I had my hair down, so she put it up into a high pony and redid my makeup for the evening. So they were amazing. That's great. Now, how did you choose your officiant? So our officiant is actually a very dear friend of ours. My husband, Alan, and our officiant, Hanny, have known each other since elementary school. So he has watched our relationship really grow from the very beginning. And it meant a lot to us to know the person who was going to officiate the wedding. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Did you add any kind of entertainment to the reception? We did specifically request for Rob Kerr to play the violin during the ceremony. And so he was available. And then we carried him over for the hour of the pre-reception mimosa hour at California Grill while we took our photos and I changed into a second dress. And then during the reception, we had JW uh, Jager as our DJ. That's great. Now, I know a lot of people are stressed out about using California Grill because you have to stick with their menus, although there is some leeway about swapping out items and they can try to add things that you want. Can you talk a little bit about menu planning for California Grill? Sure. So I think they had about two or three maybe standard brunch menus. And then, like you said, you can always swap out uh, menu items from any of their set uh, menus. We loved the one, I think it was like Catalina that included the mimosa bar. And I talked with my planner and specifically said, I wanted to hit a price point and I wanted to remove like shrimp scampi and the dessert trio and maybe something else. And she went back to the chef and with those items removed, she was able to get me down to the exact price point I wanted. We did have two of my very closest friends are vegans, so I was very concerned that they would be able to have enough on the menu that they could enjoy, and the chefs actually prepared specific plates for my two vegan friends, and then we worked with the chef just to make sure that there was enough vegetarian items on the menu as well for for those guests. Oh, that's fantastic. Any cake flavors you would recommend? Oh, goodness. The cake tasting was delicious. So like I said, my husband and I live in DC. So I had made my way down to Florida to see my parents for a weekend, do my hair and makeup trial. And I picked up the cake tasting kit at Grand Floridian. My mom drove me to the airport. I got on a plane. As soon as I landed in DC, I was like, okay, we have to try this cake now. (laughs) But I've been holding for three hours that I can't eat. So we ended up going with the lemon cake with the lemon curd and blueberry filling and the orange cake with the tropical fruit mousse filling and all wrapped in buttercream instead of fondant. And it was delicious. I'm actually quite upset that I wasn't more hungry during the reception to enjoy the cake more. But you got to take some home, right? We took an entire layer home. It was a very large cake. I will say that the planner did tell us 
we would just wanted a simple two tier cake. And she was like, it's only $50 more to add the third tier. And we took an entire tier home with us. So we have plenty of cake. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> and then for the dessert party, can you talk about any desserts you would recommend and whether you added a ride mix in? Sure. So actually, if I can just segue into this story really quickly, um, <laughs> Diane, my planner called me at like three o'clock the afternoon, right after the reception before the dessert party to let me know that Disney had called it for rain. And so we were going to be moved indoors. And I immediately was thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to be put in, I don't know, the Norway loft or some little conference <laughs> room in the back that, you know, it's, it's fine. We still get our treats, but it's not pretty. And she tells me that we are going to the Living Sea Salon, which I thought was just incredible. So we got to have our entire dessert party, the food and a drink time inside watching all of the fish and the stingrays and eat inside and the AC and then go out to UK for the fireworks show. There was no rain. It, I don't know, even know if it's sprinkled. So that was fantastic. But yeah, so for, for food wise, we had a taco bar and hard shell, soft shell tacos, different sorts of meat. And the venue brought out, I believe it was like impossible meat for my vegans. And then we had the churro flambe action station, which was very important to me. <laughs> we had the churro flambe action station. And then we had margaritas and spicy margaritas. It was all delicious. Oh, yeah. So then we did watch the fireworks and we ended the night with a ride mix in on Soren. And everyone in my wedding group got on Soren. It was a fantastic way to end the night. That's wonderful. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? Sure. So uh, for our wedding party, we only had my maid of honor and our best man. So I got up about four o'clock and started having hair and makeup done at 430. My maid of honor and my mom started getting their hair and makeup done around five. And then us and my parents and siblings, we left with the photographer and videographer at 715. My original plan was to do family photos after the ceremony. I think that's a bit more traditional, but my planner suggested to do them beforehand so that our entire family could enjoy the pre-reception. So we left at 7.15, got to Epcot about 7.45. We had our first look and then we took our family photos until about 8.30. And then we had ceremony from nine till about 9.30. Alan and I then took photos in Italy and Morocco till about 10, 15, 10, 20. We went over to the contemporary. We entered about 11.15, wrapped up the reception by three o'clock and then did the dessert party from about, we got picked up at 7.30 in the evening, got to the space about 8.15 fireworks were at 9.45, and the ride mix-in was about 10.15. It was an entire day of activities and events. <laughs> one other question I've been seeing, since you were one of the first couples to have Harmonious as the fireworks for your wedding dessert party, can you talk a bit about what the view was like from UK Lockside and whether you thought it was a good one? 
Sure. So I'm still waiting to get back my pictures from the show. I can say I was extremely worried about what it would look like, both in pictures for myself and also for my guests. From the UK perspective, you are completely on the side of the main screen. So your guests will not be able to see any of that main focal point. However, the barges, I think, show plenty. You're still getting the sound, you're still getting the music, and the fireworks still look fantastic. I can't say that I saw that many of the fireworks because I was focused on getting those pictures, but my guests very much enjoyed the show. And because the show had only been running, I think at that point, six days, by the time we had our dessert party, none of my guests even knew what to expect. They didn't know what they were missing. And everyone was just very excited to be that close to the show and on the water and to see the fireworks. Okay, that's great to hear. When you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention and your budget? You mentioned fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) So I think one of our primary, I know one of our primary goals was to just make sure our guests had the best experience and to make sure that we could enjoy as much time with our guests as possible. So we made sure to do an all day event so that our friends didn't feel like they were coming all the way down to Orlando and then they're going to We'll have a dinner, we'll have a three hour reception and then everyone go their own way. And maybe you don't even see me the rest of the weekend. So we really wanted to prioritize our guests having a good time and having time with them. So we did the ride mix in for them. We made sure our uh, dessert party was delicious and in a great spot. Yeah, we just, we really wanted to make sure all of that was at the top of the list. I will say, Food was also incredibly (laughs) important. Uh, I just wanted everything to be delicious. I know Disney has a very, very great reputation for making tasty treats. And I wanted to capitalize on that wherever I could, be it the reception and the dessert party. Great. And then what aspects were less important where you saved some money or just your effort? Definitely floral and decor. I did not go very big on either of those areas. Italy, the bridge is already so beautiful. So we kept the basic white chairs and we did a few little like floral sways. We upgraded napkins and I had these beautiful balloon centerpieces that I don't know why I came across it on Pinterest and just focused in on wanting these balloon centerpieces instead of regular floral centerpieces. And Disney was able to make it work. That's great. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Well, <laughs> I have I have two moments that will always stand out on my wedding day. So Epcot, the World Showcase typically always opens, I think at like 10 or 11 o'clock. And that's why they do weddings at 9 a.m. And Diane called me two days prior to say they've been opening up the park at 8 a.m. So there will be guests in the park during our ceremony, which was fine. We ran with it, but I'm walking down the aisle with my parents. I greet my husband-to-be. Everyone sits down. The officiant says, welcome everyone. And immediately the like loudspeaker 
before the entire Disney park comes on and says like, welcome everyone to Disney. And it was just, <laughs> it was such like a great icebreaker moment of, oh goodness, we're actually doing this, we're getting married. And then just to have this really funny moment and the park services, did pause the announcements. They were supposed to happen two more times through the ceremony, but thankfully it didn't. I think the second or third time might've been a bit annoying, but it was funny to have it happen once. And then just being so excited with my photographer during the fireworks because it was a new show and everyone's curious about what the viewpoints are going to look like and then how it's going to translate to film and he and I are just going back and forth in between bursts of fireworks of did you get the shot yeah I got the shot ah and just like fist bumping and like high-fiving and stuff it was it was a very exciting moment (laughs) (laughs) and then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected finding out two days prior that the park would be open and there might be guests in the background and then for Disney to call rain for the dessert party. Both of those were completely unexpected. I thought could turn out not how I imagined. And they ended up turning out so much better than I could have imagined because it was just a very cool experience to get married in the park with guests around, with park guests around because you only have ceremonies in Epcot before the park opens. So no one's really seen a wedding inside Epcot before. And then we're walking around to take our pictures and everyone's like wishing us well and saying congratulations. There were people taking photos of us. And then the dessert party being moved inside actually worked fantastic because we got an extra venue. We were in the air conditioning and we still got to see the show outside. So I would say you just got to roll with the punches sometime. And is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I probably would have possibly scheduled less events after the wedding. Uh, We did go to Blizzard Beach on Friday. We went to Magic Kingdom on Saturday. We went to Animal Kingdom on Sunday and then Kennedy Space Center on Monday. So yeah, we did, again, we tried to maximize as much time as possible with guests and I enjoyed every minute of it, but I probably could have slept for 24 hours straight after the fact. It was a lot of fun, but it was very warm, especially at Magic Kingdom. Uh, So maybe I've taken a break during one of those days. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say two things. One. Disney wants your wedding to look beautiful. They are going to try as hard as possible to make you as a bride and as a couple happy. So if you can give over a little bit of control to them, I didn't know exactly how my bouquet would look. You don't know exactly how a centerpiece might turn out or menu cards or escort cards. But if you can just let that go and know that Disney will do a fantastic job, You can prioritize other things and be more concerned about other things. And then my second tip would be roll with the punches. And even if something doesn't work out exactly how you wanted it to, know going into the day something's not going to work out exactly how you want it to. But at that point, there's nothing you can do to change it. So just accept it. Know you're marrying the love of your life. You're surrounded by the people who love and care about you the most and just try to enjoy the day. That's great advice. 
Well, Bailey, I think you've offered a lot of great advice and tips for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carrie. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com.